Today, I'd like to tell you about Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the easiest way to preserve and digitize your family memories using a quick and easy mail-in model. Here's how it works. First, you pack your Legacy Box kit with all of your analog media and ship it directly to Legacy Box. Barcodes, a step-by-step -step welcome guide, and prepaid UPS shipping label are all included in your box. Then the Legacy Box team of professionals will digitize every item by hand with personalized updates provided at each step of the digitizing process. You will receive all of your original media back along with perfectly preserved copies on the cloud, thumb drive, or labeled DVDs. Then simply gather the family some popcorn and begin a trip down memory lane. This can make a great birthday gift, Mother's Day, Father's Day gift that really just lasts a lifetime. This past Christmas, my brother and sister-in-law gave a legacy box to my in-laws, and I know that they are so eager to see their memories preserved. So click the link in the show notes and use the code FOOTBALL, FOOTBALL for the past Super Bowl at checkout to receive 50% off your order. Hi friends, welcome to the Front Porch Life podcast. My name is Rachel Steele and I'm really glad that you are here. The Front Porch is where we practice hospitality, empower others to share their stories and live a simple and intentional life. So grab your coffee and join me on the porch. Welcome back to the Front Porch Life podcast. I'm Rachel Steele and thank you for joining me this week. I am really excited because I'm finally starting to feel that hope of the weather warming up and realizing that we might actually be able to be on our porch a little bit more in the near future. Um, you know, the whole uh, you know, reason behind this podcast was because I realized how much being on my porch helped me to connect with my neighbors and helped me to be uh, more intentional with the people that were around me, both in my neighborhood and outside of my neighborhood. And, you know, just being out there provided this um, spirit in me of wanting to be more hospitable and wanting to connect with other people more and to initiate with other people. And so it's been sad having to be inside all the time with it being so cold. So Anyway, I'm just really excited to get back out on the porch in real life, as well as continuing to bring these conversations to you on the Front Porch Life podcast. I hope that this episode is really encouraging to you and that you would go back as well and listen to some other episodes um, just with different people. We've had a very wide array of guests, um, also a lot of solo episodes for myself. So it's just a, been a fun way to initiate with other people and bring their stories to you. So kind of in that realm of um, the neighborhood, our guest today is my new friend, Katie Bell. And she is a friend that actually lives in my neighborhood, but I did not know her until uh, maybe six to eight months ago. Um, so we had tons of mutual friends and connections, and it's just been fun to get to know her better over the past few months and to share our current lives with each other, as well as hear um, stories of how we ended up to where we are today. So Katie is a wife and a mama to Regan, and she has been a pediatric nurse, a toddler teacher, and a stay-at-home mom all in different stages throughout the course of her career and motherhood. And we get into that, into this episode of just seeing how, um, you know, our work life changes and has different phases in different stages of our lives. So we had a really great conversation about what it looks like to enter into motherhood and how that changes your identity, your priorities, your relationships. We talk about how we reevaluate our lives as we move through these different stages and look for the things that bring us joy and the things that are constricting us and how we can make decisions based on those observations. And, you know, whether you are a mom, whether you are single, whether you are married and you don't have kids yet, this applies to any stage of life. 
it's just that constant um, stepping back and just looking at what you're doing, how you're spending your time and thinking through, you know, is are these all the things that I feel like I should be doing? Are these all the things that God has called me to? And what are some things that I need to let go of? And what are some things that I need to add? And so I just think it's really applicable to all of us and is a really good practice. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get into it. Katie, welcome to the Front Porch Life. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, of course. Um, would you go ahead and start by just introducing yourself, telling us about your family and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Katie Bell, and um, I'm a wife. I've been married to my husband, John, for almost 19 years, together for 22 years. Yeah. Um, and we have a little girl who's almost four, Regan. And uh, what was the other part of the? Just what you do, oh, yeah, where what you I live, do. you know, anything, oh, all live. the things. Yeah, so I live, <laughs> uh, I live in Finneytown. I was born and raised here and made my way back to Finneytown to live here and raise, um, raise Regan uh, six years ago. Um, and I'm a pediatric nurse by trade, but more recently um, found myself being a toddler teacher at my daughter's preschool. So yeah. that's a whole new adventure for me. Yes. <laughs> That is an adventure, teaching toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. Either crazy or it's like the right where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been fun, too, um, for us to connect because we lived in the same neighborhood. Right. Um, but just hadn't really crossed paths until I feel like just over... Instagram is how we yeah. connected originally. Right, realizing like our mutual friends and like our circle, mm-hmm. our network there a little bit was overlapping without us knowing it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like our Fourth of July parade. I mean, right, you're we on your street and <laughs> in each other's lives without knowing it. It's just that's just really Finny Town, though. It is so yes. small, <laughs> and we probably you know push our grocery carts near each other in the grocery store and even know it. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been fun to finally connect and, mm-hmm. and get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I. That's what I love about you know things like this. It's like you can mm-hmm. just make the world a little bit smaller. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited to chat and get to know you even a little better today. Mm-hmm. Um, would you tell us about your porch since this is called the front porch life? Yeah. So we uh, we have a smaller front porch, but um, it's big enough to have a small bench on it. Um, and uh, I've been trying to kind of freshen it up a little bit since moving in. And over the spring and summer last year, repainted the front door, the original front door from the '60s. So okay. <laughs> it's solid wood, but it's in it's in really rough. It was in really rough shape. So. Um, repainted that and just kind of breathed some new life into the porch and put the new house numbers and stuff and we try to put up little patio lights in the spring and summer and um, our house is at the very end of our street so it's a perfect spot to sit out there and see what the kids are doing in the summer and um, see neighbors coming and going and have a quick hello with people and um, have people over for just a cup of coffee or tea on the porch and stuff and um, so we really like it. So I always look forward to spring and summer um, and yeah. figuring out ways to just make it look really inviting. And it's really nice to have that little spot right there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know any of your neighbors before moving in or yeah. how did that go? <laughs> because City Town is so small, right? Um, yeah. And because of the church that I grew up going to. Um, I actually knew two people on the street already. Okay. Um, two families that have known uh, me personally and my family for, you know, since before I was ever born. So it was okay. really great moving <laughs> onto a street where you already kind of felt like it was home in some yeah. way. Um, so that was really, that was really a great, um, a great find, a really huge blessing to feel like we were instantly welcomed and right at mm-hmm. home when we moved in. So it was, it was really wonderful. Yeah, that is nice. It's that we we felt the same moving mm-hmm. in here. We already knew some people, but it's that nice balance of feeling comfortable, feeling like you're not just in this totally new place, but exactly. also 
um, being able to still be welcoming and mm-hmm. and meet new people too. Yeah, and have a resource. Yeah, you can need like a help with a project or just you know moving something heavy. <laughs> like you didn't yeah. feel like you were you know an imposition on anybody, and they mm-hmm. would be able to come and help and things like that. So it was really great. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm glad that especially being on a cul-de-sac, it's just an easy way to be outside and yeah. be more um, involved in your Maybe. neighbor's lives. I don't think I could live on a street that wasn't a cul-de-sac anymore. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think about, okay, if we ever move, like I don't think I'd want <laughs> like a regular street. I think I think we're just cul-de-sac people for yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a thing. It's just a yeah. nice, easy gathering place. Mm-hmm. Like you can just kind of stand in the middle of the street and yeah. the occasional car will come by yes. and yeah. it makes it nice. Yeah, and in good weather, there's a lot of standing in the street, in the street mm-hmm. <laughs> while the kids are on their bikes and <laughs> everything else. So yeah, it's a really great community. That's great. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well, we have chatted um, a little bit about um, some topics around motherhood, mm-hmm. about um, just kind of like priorities and how that changes. Yeah once you do become a mother. Mm-hmm. So um, I know both of us are passionate about just kind of bringing to light some of those topics that aren't necessarily ones that are talked about a yes. ton. Um, so I kind of want to open the conversation up mm-hmm. to that if you're okay with it. Um, just kind of starting with motherhood in general. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest joy that has um, come from becoming a mom? Um, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, I would say that it's kind of multifaceted because it's not just one particular thing, but because motherhood isn't just like one checkbox to, to check off. Yeah. So I would say that it's kind of wrapped up in this, um, in this joy of being able to raise and to shape this little person (laughs) that you created um and also being able to you just have different opportunities i think to um to stop and reflect on on your life on your priorities on um on your goals and on your future um and just kind of how you want to how you want to shape like the the rest of you know your life and your child's life Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of reprioritize things like it's just inevitable I think that there's just a huge shift there that you wouldn't have otherwise had an opportunity to to look at and take a step back from you know the day in and day out of punching the clock and things like that um, and getting really set in your ways maybe Mm -hmm. um, where you wouldn't have had that opportunity to take a step back and, and look at everything so um, so I'm very thankful for my daughter and she brings me a, an immense amount of joy and it's through her that I've had these other opportunities to be mm-hmm. able to, to take a step back and, and look at my life differently, look at our lives differently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is like that lens of mm-hmm. which that you look at, you yes. know, what are the things that we're spending our time doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who are we hanging out with? You right. know, those kinds of things. I, I think you're really right about that. It's you know, you can get so easily stuck in like, well, this is what we're doing. This is the path we're on. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, you're providing this life for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's changed our, our lives quite a bit. Like we were, um, you know, we've been married for 10 years before we even started trying to start a family. And okay. then it took us four years to actually yeah. have a child. And okay. so, um, talk about being like set in your ways you know you're very Mm -hmm. used to doing things one way and then this beautiful little tornado comes (laughs) comes right through your life um in just the most beautiful way um but yeah it's just been a really um interesting experience to to kind of yeah change the lens in which you look through look at your life yeah yeah Would you mind um, telling me about what that journey looks like for you and your husband yeah. of getting pregnant? Yeah, so um, <laughs> we uh, we just kind of casually like, okay, well, we're just going to start trying. Um, mm-hmm. And then after about a year, uh, like eight months to a year when nothing was really happening, then we started just chatting more with friends, like, how long did it take you guys to get pregnant? How long did it take you guys? And then we're like, okay, well, like a year is pretty average like in all honesty with people trying and stuff or um 
trying and then, you know, sadly having a miscarriage or something and having mm-hmm. to get back on that path. And I'm super thankful that we never went through a miscarriage. Okay. Um, but we started going through a, a fertility institute here in Cincinnati and just trying to look at everything, you know, or all the bits and pieces working right. Is there anything like anything mm-hmm. missing to the puzzle here? And we were told, you know, like, you really have undiagnosed, like, infertility. So you're like, okay, well, there's nothing to, like, fix technically, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing else I can do about it. So it was, like, a relief and also very frustrating at the same time. You know, and we thought, like, okay, well, we want to try to make, you know, the meeting happen to create a child. And so we ended up doing three rounds of intrauterine injections just to try to make that meeting happen. And after the third round, you know, like I was hormonally feeling awful and our relationship was in a really rough place. It was going through that was the hardest thing that our marriage ever went through. Um, It really tried our marriage because we like, we're not used to, Um, you know, we deal with conflict and we deal with like problems and we work through stuff and like it was really minor compared to having to go through that. Um, and so after three rounds of that, you know, we're like, well, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm kind of done with this. Like, it's just really, um, it's too much on us, like emotionally and mentally and spiritually and financially. Like, I just feel awful and miserable all the time. I'm like, we're just really not in a good place. Mm-hmm. So we stopped with all of that. Um, and I'm trying to think of like what that time frame was. And I think it was probably over. It becomes just a blur. <laughs> you yeah. just kind of move on with your life. But it was probably over like a year and a half. I would say that we were doing that and trying to just get the timing right of trying each time. Okay. Um, and so we decided to like take a pause from it and take a step back and really look at like what are we what are we really trying to make happen? What are we trying to um, have full control over, mm-hmm. whether it's healthy for us or not? You know, and so we decided, okay, we we just need to move on from this and be able to get back to a place in our marriage that's healthy and also a place where you're just emotionally and spiritually happy again. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're like kind of circling, we're just circling the airport of parenthood and we had to decide, you know, like either we're going to like land the plane, which means like, okay, we're going to like all guns blazing. We're going to do, you know, everything possible to make a baby or we're going to like sign up for adoption and get the profile ready and get all that done so that we can become parents like no matter what. Right. You know, or decide to, you know, go a different route and say, okay, well, can I still be happy, um, truly happy not being a parent? Like, Mm -hmm. can I still find total joy and fulfillment in my life? in all the ways that are needed without being a parent. And so we decided, you know, um, we decided we're going to pursue, like we were happy before, (laughs) we were happy before we started into this like four years ago. We know what that was like. We know that we were happy. We know we can have that again. You know, Regan has like 18 cousins. So I'm like, there's plenty (laughs) of like little children and people to like pour into and Mm -hmm. to mentor and come alongside, you know, and support and everything like that. And up until that point, like I was, I was a really active aunt and like still am. I really love all my nieces and nephews and stuff. So we were trying to look at that and say like, you know, we just really need to get back to a healthy place um, and finding joy somehow and finding joy in the things that we used to like to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and finding joy in each other and, you know, just being joyful in that. And so that took, that wasn't easy. (laughs) It took like a whole nother year, I would say, a full year of saying, you know, we're fine stepping away from parenthood and just pursuing, um, just getting back onto a healthy track um, in those ways. Um, So once we then like <laughs> let go of that and we um, were in a really happy place, you know, I was going through school at the time to finish up my bachelor's degree. And so that was really stressful and I was in a stressful nursing job and stuff. So stress was like bogging down my life and yeah. physically my body. We figured out that's really what was going on. Um, is my body just doesn't handle stress very well <laughs> to a point where like it shuts down like 
you know, parts of my body apparently. And so when that was wrapping up and finishing up and I was having this like huge stress relief of finishing up my bachelor's degree, then like we found out like a week later that I was pregnant naturally. Oh my like, gosh. So we were like, oh, for crying out, like really? <laughs> <laughs> and we just like couldn't believe it. And like, mm. oh my gosh. So um, yeah, it was really crazy. I ended up telling like our whole family that we were pregnant at my cousin's wedding. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> we were all like in a big Airbnb and stuff. And like, it was just a really fun, we're like, what better way? Like, we're all gathered together. And, yeah. like, we told my cousin. And he's like, no, tell the family. I'm like, I'm not here to steal your thunder. Like, this <laughs> give is a speech. your <laughs> wedding. Like, like, I'm not going to give a speech, Aww. but I'm going to tell everybody on this side. So it was really, it was really fun just how it came about and the timing of it. Now, in retrospect, you're like, oh, yeah. Having a baby and trying to do, you know, finish up another two-year degree, like, I think would have been... A, just a big big ball of stress and like yeah. I think it would have been really really hard on our marriage so um so that's how we became parents and came through all of that so okay. it gives you a little bit of different perspective on especially on those hard days <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. I fought so hard for this I fought for yes. so much to get where I am now you know and um you know, I tried to remember that, <laughs> like the really tough days mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for it. Now I'm really thankful for that struggle because it gives you a completely different perspective yeah. on those challenging times where you maybe wouldn't have otherwise been in that position. So, right. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know that those can be <laughs> like tough topics for people to share. And, yeah. but I also think so many people go through something like okay. that to some degree, you know, whether it's, um, struggling with infertility mm-hmm. or just the process of trying, yeah. you know, that, that is hard on yeah. marriage. And I think that's really good, um, a really good perspective and good advice to think about, you know, how is your relationship with your spouse during that time? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, through the process of trying to get pregnant and pregnancy, but then mm-hmm. after the baby's born, you know, yeah. that's a whole nother story of, yeah how can we still connect as, Mm -hmm. you know, husband and wife or spouses once we have a baby and how can we keep that relationship important to us and as a priority? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very thankful that I've had so many years with John prior to having kids Mm -hmm. um, because it makes us... um, it's been easier to see that as a priority for us. Yeah. We're like, no, we know this old life so well. Yes, <laughs> you know? like, yes. No, we had like 15 years. <laughs> we're like, no, I'm going to hold on to that really hard. Like, that's really important for us. So, yeah, um, yeah it, I think it makes it easier for us in our minds to, to fight for that and make mm-hmm. it a priority for sure. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> what some of the things were that you did, like, in that time between stopping, you know, infertility treatment and then getting pregnant that – you know, that year or so that you said that you kind of put Um, your relationship. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I think like I, when we were going through it, um, there was just so much like frustration with it that I like John would just, he went to work and he plugged away at stuff and he would see people, but I was like working, um, full time and really busy and doing my own thing. But like socially I retreated rather than like reaching out to people and like Mm. in in hindsight like for my mental health I really should have been like reaching out to people but I was just like I don't even know where to start to like dissect that and really like understand what I needed specifically Mm -hmm. and so we started like getting together with people more and just reconnecting and um, things like that because we're really extroverted people and we really get energized by being around other people and we really love that Um, and to share different experiences with people so um, I remember us just making a better effort to to get together with others and to invite people into our home and um, and just to see family and things like that so Mm -hmm. I think we just tried to get back to like a northern normal like rhythm of that and you know go on vacation and just try to get back to something that felt um felt familiar yeah. in that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's good and just like you said to share with other people you know this this is you know maybe not in the moment but even after yeah. the fact like this is what's going on yeah. and 
Um, it's hard. It's hard to do that in the mm-hmm. moment. It's easier to You're just exhausted. You're like, yeah. I just can't like rehash like right. everything that's gone on, and it's just like I just don't want to relive it. To then, I I think I didn't want to keep like reliving like all those feelings and like being depressed and things like that and anxiety and stuff. Like I didn't yeah. feel like rehashing that with my friends, and it's like. Oh, how are you? How are you doing? Right. You know, like mm-hmm. it just felt exhausting to me to have to go back through all of that. And I felt like it would um, pull me back in terms of like making any kind of progress through it. So okay. I just felt like I'm just going to move on. Like it feels bad now, but I know eventually it won't feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just have to like keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um, just mm-hmm. to kind of pull myself like out of that. Like I can't keep bringing it up you know all the time so um yeah no and I think that makes sense because yeah sometimes you do just have to like put the next foot forward and you know just keep walking in faith and knowing that it's gonna be okay and and people will be there to support you along the way yeah yeah I think that's really good so you, you know, went through that period of time mm-hmm. and then you were able to have Regan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, it's a whole nother world of being mm-hmm. a mom and um, figuring out, you know, how to take care of this baby, but also take care of yourself, um, yeah. you know, and, and keep your marriage <clears throat> strong, all of the things. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Um, but what is something that surprised you when you entered into motherhood? Oh my goodness, how hard it is because, (laughs) (laughs) right, like as a pediatric nurse, like I have a leg up on like, just like the facts and figures, right? And like, I'm just like tiny, teeny, tiny babies. Like it doesn't worry me. Like I don't feel uncomfortable like holding them and changing them and like all the, like the day in and day out, like the check boxes, right? Yeah. You know, but um, I think what surprised me the most um, was how incredibly exhausting it is. I definitely should have taken way more naps, <laughs> but I'm like, no, I want to get the laundry done and like, I'll feel so much better. But yeah. like, I really just needed to shut my body down. Like right. I needed to go to sleep and just check out. Um, so how exhausting it is, um, mm-hmm. was definitely the most surprising thing. And I felt like friends kind of like gave me like a hint of like how hard, like, um, that newborn phase is, and, but I think they wanted to shield me a little bit because like, oh, you've waited so long. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to tell you how, how deep the trench really is. How tired you really are. Right. <laughs> right. And so I think they shield me a little bit from that. And, um, I don't know if I appreciate that. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be as honest as I can, you know, with like new moms, you know, mm-hmm. and say a lot of the good, but like, don't be surprised if you know sure da, da, da. yeah um so that was really the hardest thing to work through and I think I took it I took this like we had a conversation about like I decided to take the the brunt of the burden most of the burden of the exhaustion because when we both don't have sleep it's mm-hmm. just a really bad recipe for disaster yeah you know um so I figured I'm like well you have to work every day like at least one adult in this house should have like decent sleep (laughs) in some capacity and like John would never wake up like hearing her like scream on the monitor or anything like he has a favorite dog right he wakes up for her he'll wake up for the dog (laughs) and not for the baby monitor funny how that works like your own child is screaming (laughs) I'm like and then your dog's like I gotta go outside and you're like awake in a second that's not fair. Um, so, you know, I took the brunt of, you know, of all the the night feedings and changings and things like that um, because, you know, I wasn't working at the time and then I went back part-time and stuff and just kind of shoulder that a little bit better than he could. And so, um, yeah, I don't miss those days of complete exhaustion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Really hard. They are hard. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think you're right in that we need to tell people like it is going to be hard yeah. because I remember thinking like, well, I wanted to be a mom my whole life. So this should come naturally or, sure, yeah. or if people say that like yeah. your, your maternal instincts will just kick in <laughs> and I'm like, well, to some degree, yes. But also okay. like, I don't know what to do yeah. for her. Like she's crying. Like, I don't, I yeah. mean, I don't know if she's hungry or I just yeah. fed her so I don't think she's hungry <laughs> yeah. but maybe she is you know yeah. so yeah I think it's that you know telling people 
mm-hmm. hey, this this is hard, and there are going to be times when you're like, I don't know what to yeah. do. Yes. But also sharing, like, but then, you know, maybe in a year or six months, like, they will be sleeping through the night, yes. and it's kind of that. Big changes are coming. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's helpful to have friends that – some friends that are in the stage with you to like commiserate yeah, with each other and absolutely. be like, okay, we're both exhausted. But then also to have friends that have kids like a couple steps ahead to yes. say like, you will sleep again. Yes. It will be okay. Yeah. I was thankful to have like, we've had kids like later than everybody else than all of our other friends. Okay. We have a lot of friends that are younger than us with more energy. <laughs> so it's just kind of a weird like um, mix of people as a parental like resource okay um different perspectives you know because they're in different stages but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's super nice to have those friends that you can be like oh I know so-and-so's probably up because you know it's 2 a.m and they have a little baby at home and you can just text that person right um you're like I don't know when she's gonna get this message but probably in an hour because then I'll be (laughs) asleep and she'll be awake you know yeah so it was really nice to have um to have those friends out there, yeah. And as a new mom, like absolutely, just text whoever just to get something off your mind, like even if they mm-hmm. don't hear it. And, um, you know, I joined like a, a new mom's Facebook group. Okay. And that was like such a lifesaver. Yeah. <laughs> a friend like <laughs> added me and then I had to get approved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was so nice to have that as a resource because, yeah, you were like, I really need somebody to talk to, you know, and I don't know who or I'm just worried about this one thing or I just can't you know, wrap my head around like, well, I'm swaddling her, like I'm feeding her, like whatever it is that seems to be like this frustrating hurdle for you. It was so nice to have that Facebook group because it was people from all over. So East Coast, West Coast, across the world, Mm -hmm. somebody's awake and somebody will probably answer your question, Yeah, you know, within, you know, a few minutes. So new moms need to get in a Facebook group. (laughs) Yes. Hands down, like such a lifesaver. (laughs) Yeah, I remember um, we brought Josie home, and she just was not sleeping, and I was like, I don't know what to do, and I just scrolled through my Instagram and looked for, like, someone that I knew that had a baby around the same, you know, age as me, and, like, I just remember messaging her, like, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And she was so sweet and she responded and it was her second baby. And she was like, Mm. it's okay. Like my baby's doing the same thing right now. You know, it's tough, but like we're in it together. Mm -hmm. And then eventually (laughs) they will sleep and eventually they'll stop, you know, Mm -hmm. spitting up all over themselves. And (laughs) yes. (laughs) And then also like, but then they smiled at me today. today. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Is there any other advice that you would give to a new mama? Um, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to think. Like, in terms of, like, I think I was worried about, like, bringing my husband into, like, the full spectrum of, like, motherhood and the, and the burden of it. Okay. Um, because he's somebody that has kind of had to grow warm, warmer to the idea of being a dad. Okay. Um, and so I knew that it was going to be a really like stressful time for him and I didn't want him to, uh, feel overwhelmed and super stressed out having this baby. Like I hate it. Like I'm not a natural caregiver, you know, he just didn't really know how to connect with her. And so I think what I would say is if you're hesitant about doing that, just find ways to bring your husband alongside you for the majority of it for what you feel like they can shoulder Mm -hmm. you know um I really tried to shield him from that probably more so than I should have like doing all the nighttime feedings and like burdening taking that burden of all the exhaustion and stuff like that so I would say try to do it I mean however you feel like a good balance would be because I didn't do that and looking back I really wish I would have brought him up because now he's like he's got a great thing going with her but now she's almost four Mm -hmm. you know and she's just she's still such a mama's girl but I think there could have been a better bond earlier happening on if I would have just take step back and say he's gonna do things different she's gonna scream her head off (laughs) you know but it has to happen um you know so that would definitely be a bit of advice yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. And just to find those little pockets in the day of like, hey, can you take on this mm-hmm. 
job. Yeah. Um, like I know with both of our girls, I was shower- I used to be a shower in the morning kind of person, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, then I was like, I just want to take a shower at the end of the day. Yes. And so we would like have dinner and, you know, get her ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they're newborns, they're sometimes staying up later than yeah. where, when they would go to bed now. And yeah. so that was kind of the time for me where I would say like, okay, I just want to go take a shower. And then yeah. he would have her and they would just hang out for mm-hmm. like 30, 45 minutes so I yeah. could shower. And yeah, yeah, I think it's important, but it is hard. It's, it's I mean, really with, hard. if it's your spouse yeah. or, you know, your parents or yeah. friends, like just giving up that control for a mm-hmm. little bit of time. Yeah. I mean, it can it, be it tough. Build confidence in them as a father. Yeah. You know, because he was worried. He was like, I'm going to do it wrong. I don't know. Like, if this thing just wasn't, wasn't right, she wasn't settling down right away. He just felt like he failed at it and did it wrong, like, immediately. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just looking for those different ways that they can really jump in and, and help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I'm, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's that a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Definitely. That way it feels... Like a partnership and mm-hmm. that, yeah, they're given that responsibility yeah. as yeah. well. Because they, they want it, you know, yeah. right? But it's just, it's a hard, yeah. you've had the baby in, in, yeah. in you for <laughs> nine months. <Right>. And, <laughs> it's a lot easier, like said than done, yeah. for sure. Yes. It's hard. Yes. <laughs> well, we have talked a little bit um, in person, but I would like to maybe, you know, continue the conversation a little more about as your identity changes, mm-hmm. um, going from being, you know, married without kids and, yeah. and working, um, and then, like we said, yeah. your whole perspective changes yeah. when you have a baby. Um, and so I'd love to hear your journey of maybe how you've noticed your identity change. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, we've chatted about um, the working environment with that and, yeah. and maybe just how that has yeah. Um, evolved for you over time? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, um, the hospital I've been working with at, you know, I've been there for, um, for 19 years. And so um, the institution has kind of raised me in a way. And I've felt um, very loyal to it um, and a sense of obligation to um, maintain, you know, a presence there and a commitment there to them, um, especially when they kind of like took a chance on me. I had no, I had no, you know, hospital experience okay. whatsoever when I did my um, nursing assistance training way back um, and then worked my way through nursing school. So that I've, I've kind of been there throughout my entire career um, and so felt um, at one point, like, I really knew who I was in the institution, really had a firm footing, was building a lot of confidence and connections and things like that. Um, and then when I became <laughs> when I became a nurse there, that was a completely different shift. Um, and it was a ton of different responsibilities, um, a lot of stress. I was second guessing, like, <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, mm-hmm. is this really the job that I'm supposed to be in? Like, this feels really like a lot harder than it really should be. Mm-hmm. I kind of got um, a kind of an immersion into my nursing, my first nursing job, rather than kind of an easing into it and a mentorship, you know, okay. approach with it. So. Um, because I was so familiar with the hospital and a lot of our processes, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of pushed to the side as far as my orientation goes. And so there was a huge shift there um, mentally and in like, you know, who I am and, and what I'm doing now. I felt like this imposter. <laughs> I was like, do people really know like I'm a nurse now? Like I don't feel qualified whatsoever to be here, okay. you know, making these decisions and um, and helping people through stuff on the phone with families and things like that. So um, that I think was a, a big, one of the bigger turning points as far as like looking at like who I am and what am I representing? What does my career say about me? You know, how do I identify as being a pediatric nurse? You know, I felt like an immense sense of responsibility um, mm-hmm. with that job. Um, with that title, you know, um, and um, felt completely overwhelmed and stressed by it. And so through, um, after the first three years um, in the nursing job that I had before, then I realized that 
the path that I was going down wasn't very healthy for me. And so I had a job shift and I went to work in a completely different clinic area. And so that helped me take um, a step back from the environment that I was in and look at, um, you know, how can I use my skill set in a different way that's just a healthier um, environment for me overall. And so I think through that, it helped me to understand, you know, where um, where my uh, kind of natural like talents um, and ways of of doing things could actually fit there appropriately. Okay. Um, and so I think it just gave me the freedom to, um, to look at things differently. Um, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I felt kind of this freedom within that. And so then when I um, became a mom, then you have this whole different shift. You're like, oh my gosh, now I'm pregnant. Oh, am I going to leave? Am I going to come back full time? Mm-hmm. Am I, what am I going to do with this? Are people going to be okay with me leaving there's not a whole lot of people to fill my shoes is there even going to be somebody here while i'm on maternity leave like what's even going to happen like are we going to have coverage can i leave for 12 weeks total if i have the time like am i even going to be allowed to leave for that much time you know and so you're like okay well now i'm a nurse and a mom and Mm -hmm. like there's just such um it's just such a roller coaster ride. I remember feeling like that I was mentally just all over the place and I was trying to prioritize, um, you know, my needs as a new mom and also what I felt obligated to do for this hospital that has, you know, that I've been a part of for half my life, you know, like a really long time. You know, a lot of people job shift and things like that, company shift. And I've just been there the whole time. Um, and I think it's been a good thing, but it makes it really, really hard to step away. Um, and so <laughs> I stepped away and it was really, really hard to come to that decision where um, I decided to step down and be a full-time mom. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. You know, I'm like, well, I'm used to, I'm a nurse. I know what to do with my day. I know how my day is structured, how my priorities are structured. And now I have this little person to take care of. And now I'm managing the house and I'm managing this little person's life. And I'm, you know, um, paying all the bills and like Mm. cutting the grass and stuff. And (laughs) (laughs) over the course of like last year, like I promoted myself, like just mentally, like I think of my social media to like estate manager. I'm like, it's really more (laughs) than like a mom or a housekeeper. Like I'm really managing things here. Yes. You know, trying to take the reins like confidently. And so, um, it's been, it's been a strange shift in, um, in my identity and who, in what I identify in and with and, um, and feel a, a sense of purpose in doing, um, over that time. And like recently I listened to this podcast that Joe Rogan did, um, with Jewel and um, if you go on Spotify, you can hear the whole thing. And I mean, you have to like buckle up because it's three hours long. <laughs> People are already signed up. They're like, I'm not going to listen to this. But hear me out because um, because John listened to it. And he's like, you have to hear this. Like the way like Jewel tells her story of her life and just everything that she's overcome. Like people know her so much about her music, but really it's the interview is about her life and everything that she's had to overcome. And I haven't had to overcome like nearly even a fraction of what she's been through, Mm. um, through trauma as a young person and moving out on her own and, um, contemplating suicide. And, um, you know, after hearing the interview, I'm like, wow, the Lord really blessed her with her mind to think through things logically and think, about her life from kind of an aerial view. And one of the things she talks about, you know, my overall goal in my life, she says is like, I really just want to find joy, you know, and as a, as a believer, you know, our purpose is much greater than that. But it was Mm -hmm. interesting to hear her talk about finding joy because we can all identify with that. And so she talks about, um, kind of this process that she uses to, look at the things that she's doing in her life of either bringing her um kind of joy or pain as some people call it but she calls it um oh she calls it um dilating or constricting okay and so um when you think about it in that terms really um i don't know that like (laughs) evokes kind of like a visceral response like you think about your body um in its dilated state 
And you think about like, well, dilation is open, it's relaxed, it's calm. Um, you're able to think easily and be creative um, and be flexible. You know, when you think about, okay, well, when I'm opposite of that, when I'm in a constricted state, you know, I'm tight, I'm stressed, I'm my mind is foggy, I have anxiety, mm. um, you know, I just don't have a lot of ease. It might be really hard to make decisions. Um, you know, it might look like depression. Um, you know, it's just, it's wrapped up in a lot of these different things when we feel constricted um, versus being dilated. And so I'm like, man, that's a really interesting way of thinking about, you know, what you're doing day in and day out. You know, and some things like we have to do, like, well, I need to, you know, pay my mortgage. So I'm going to be going to work and hopefully I'm doing something that I like, but that might be a very constricting activity to me. Um, you know, versus like, well, I just want to do whatever I want to do and, you know, <laughs> hopefully have enough money in the bank to like <laughs> keep my lights on, you know, and uh, buy groceries and stuff like that. So it just made me think like, well, what things are in my life that, um, that are constricting and are those things necessary or is it something that I can steer away from and eliminate from my life? Um, and for some people that might be, you know, saying yes to more things than we should be saying yes to, or keeping unhealthy relationships in our lives when they end up just constricting us. You know, if you feel like mm -hmm. you're, you know, I think we've all been in that situation where we feel like we're just pulling at friendships. We're the, we're the one that's constantly reaching out yeah. when really it's, it's okay. And it's healthy to just let those friendships go. Those, yeah. Or at least that friendship that we thought we had, you know, um, to allow room for dilation in some other capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and so looking at those things in my life and trying to figure out, you know, where can I, what do I really like to do? What do I love to do? What brings me happiness? You know, Joy's like, or um, Jewel's like, you know, what are things that make me the happiest? And so it just began um, a mental process for me of thinking about, you know, what do I really want to do and feeling like I had like almost like I gave myself permission to go and do those things because I'm like, well, I, I deserve to feel dilated, to feel happy, to be um, creative and, um, and flexible, you know, and without anxiety about things, you know, and stuff like that. So I would definitely recommend people going and listening to that conversation because it's really just an interesting perspective mm -hmm. on, um, on, on how we prioritize you know, our, our daily activities and just um, what we're spending our time and our energy and our money on and our focus on. And how is that affecting you in multiple ways? Yeah. And it, it sounds like maybe you weren't necessarily using that language yet, but when you shifted in your, in your job mm -hmm. from having this more stressful nursing job to then when Definitely. you shifted to something else, like yeah. you were probably having that conversation with yourself of like, okay, yeah. this as a whole is really stressful to me, yes. but there are parts of it that are yeah. life-giving. So how mm -hmm. can I change, you know, some of yes. the parts of the situation to yeah. make it more dilating? Yeah. And to get you. to that like conclusion before you're in this, like, I think I was in such like a fight or flight mode at that point where I was okay. like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, being able to think through things in your life where those stressors are and be able to come to um, a healthy, rational decision about how to change it to be less stressful so that you're not making irrational decisions just to get out of a situation, mm -hmm. you know, because that can be just as bad and you're in the same spot, yeah. you know, months later. But um, it, takes, um, it takes time to sit there and mentally think through stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you end up listening to the podcast, like give yourself a full hour to just sit there <laughs> and the journal and digest. Like I had yeah. to sit there, like I had to brain dump because it really shifted the way that I was uh, thinking about like my goals and priorities and, mm -hmm. and where I was landing with those. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I was actually listening to a podcast today and they were talking about 
um, like just using the word curiosity Mm. and they were talking more about um, health and so like if you are setting a goal to work out every day and then you realize like you're not doing that Mm -hmm. just instead of being so hard on yourself of Mm -hmm. like ah like I'm horrible I'm not going to the gym right more just being curious of like okay why am I not going to the gym Mm -hmm. is it because I don't have workout clothes to wear or, you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. And so I feel like that's kind of the same thing of looking at things that you're doing Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day life and just being curious about them. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, is this really, like, is this just something that I feel like I should be doing? Yeah. But I don't really have to Mm -hmm. and because it's constricting to me or, um, you know, what, what are the things that make you feel more joyful and creative? Yeah. Are there things that you thought about after listening to that, that you either kind of took out of your life or added in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) I haven't gone back to like reread my like brain dump after that, but, um, I remembered that a lot of like the the things that ended up landing in the joy and the dilating section um, were involved with really like home life. Like I really like being at home and like making meals for my family and taking care of my family and like being in the garden and um, being in our neighborhood with neighbors and things like that, making mm-hmm. connections with with people and with friends and prioritizing, um, you know those. Um, even like monthly get-togethers, like things like like that. So it really wasn't anything that was even pivoted around, you know, a career in any way. And I think like before, before having like a child, I think there would have been more that landed in like work maybe. Okay. Of that mm-hmm. rather than you know having this total shift. Um, where I'm just at home and maybe that's because I'm just at home all the time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but like, I think that, um, it's just reassuring to see like, oh, these are things that really do bring me joy. And I like growing, you know, basil and rosemary and then putting that in the stuff that I'm cooking for my family, you know, and just, you know, oh, looking up how to like dry out the herbs that are like getting out of control, (laughs) you know, um, and seeing like, yeah, that really does bring me joy, you know, and it Mm -hmm. makes you think like, okay, well, I, when I was a kid, like, I wasn't so stressed out. Like, what was I doing with my life? Yeah, And it was very, it was very simple. Like, it right, wasn't, right. it wasn't um, planned out by the hour or, you know, day to day and things like that. And it was just very, um, just kind of free flowing. And so it makes me think about, you know, just kind of getting back to something that's just so much more simple. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's cool too. It's, it's like that self-awareness of just realizing like, you know, being more in tune with yourself Mm -hmm. and realizing, okay, what is, you know, filling my cup right now. And then it's cool that, you know, with that identity change of Mm -hmm. going from like working full time to then being home. And that's a hard, it's a hard shift Mm -hmm. to like think about your identity being different and just how you even introduce yourself to someone, you know? Um, but that you can look at where you are in this current situation and say like, Oh, but look at all these things that are filling Mm -hmm. me and like, thank God that I'm, that I have this opportunity right now. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. Just a good thing to be thinking about. And, um, yeah, I know I've had to do a lot of work recently and just realizing, like, okay, like, I just tend to go on, be on my phone a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, when mm-hmm. I'm at home, you know, it's thinking back yeah. to when we were kids. Yeah. Like, we weren't on our phones. No. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't have phones. It wasn't a thing. But, yeah, like, what was I doing? Like, oh, I was outside making, yeah. like, twigs and grass Yeah, like, making, and like, those little white, fla- like, those uh, headbands and, like, the necklaces yeah, and the flowers yeah. that grow in the clover. Yeah. I know, like... I- like exploring like the woods behind my parents house you know yeah just Mm -hmm. it was just so much more simple and I'm like I'm really worried that (laughs) like if I don't start seeing like a need for that like in my own life that Mm -hmm. I'll I'll uh take away or like not give my child that same opportunity to know what that's like okay to know to be able to find like to just entertain yourself in like a super simple way and be completely mm-hmm. content with that. Right. So like sometimes I just want to like sell everything and like move to a farm like a tiny house and just <laughs> <laughs> I think about it probably every other week. 
But um, <laughs> well, if you do, let me know because I want to. I know, right? Live in a tiny house too. Let's make so. a tiny community. <laughs> Anybody else listening? Just hit us up. We'll just get a big plot of land. We'll have a little tiny, tiny house. Tiny commune. <laughs> we have a camper. We'll just bring our. Camper. Oh, it's you're done. You've already. <laughs> you're 50, We're good to go. You're fifty percent of the way there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I think that's good. It's just a good reminder to think too. You know, what are the things that I enjoy doing? How can I incorporate, yeah. you know, small things of that back into my life? And how can we then teach that to our kids yeah. of, um, yeah, you don't have to be entertained mm-hmm. all the time. But there are things that you can do yeah. on your own that are creative mm-hmm. and are most of the time outside. Like, yeah. to be honest, you, you know, outside, I know, that's a lot of what I realize is yeah. I'm spending too much time inside and I'm, yeah. and I'm bored that was because definitely on there's my nothing list. to like, do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I really need to be outside. It really does relax me. It, like, mm-hmm. decreases my anxiety. Um, and I find that like the time passes and then you usually like, I end up like finding something to do. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to collect all the sticks out of the yard. You know, like, yeah. Oh, that was a bonfire tonight. Like there's usually yeah. something you can see like the fruits of your labor. You can see what mm-hmm. you've done with your time. And like, I, I need that in my life to feel, <laughs> maybe it's an area I need to work on, but like to feel productive in some way. And even like the most basic form, like collecting sticks for a bonfire that night. Right. So I mean, it's just simple stuff like, like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being outside definitely is something I should probably <laughs> get outside more and kick her outside more. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good challenge for us to just yeah. think about like, okay, how can we get outside more? How can we kind of just tone things down, simplify yeah. things, um, and just take a little bit more joy in those smaller moments. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. I think those are some good ideas to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we're going to just move into our uh, rapid fire questions at the end here. Um, But what is something that is saving your life right now? Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, We really love watching. (laughs) This is like the funniest thing. Um, I stumbled across it because I was trying to find something to... Um, put on that wasn't a television show that wasn't like the Spotify album like whatever it was we were listening like Frozen up on the television like don't just stare at Elsa on the TV it's on so you can go and play you know like just yeah we needed something on and I stumbled across this cozy cafe channel on YouTube (laughs) it's like the most ridiculous thing but it's this like um, little cafe scene and sometimes it's like snowing outside or it's raining and you hear like the crackle of the fire in the fire place or like sometimes there's some like extra b-roll sounds rolling you hear like the little chime on the door opening but it has this like smooth jazz like playing like 10 years ago me would have been like that's nuts like why would that's I would never listen to that and now like we probably turn it on a few times a week because it's just very relaxing and like yeah it chills us all out including mm-hmm. the dogs like I can turn it on and just leave and the dogs are chill but um we really love listening to um watching like this little cozy cafe channel on youtube so you can't knock until you try it. hey no you sent me the video i haven't tried it yet though so i will admit that but you're gonna be like this is amazing <laughs> i know i'm i'm excited for you it find, it like captivates you in the strangest way and then you're like oh, i've been sitting here for like 20 minutes just watching this like fire yeah. crackle at this cafe. maybe i'll have like a little time where it's like okay it's reading time know, girls yeah, like we're gonna put, put this on. on you sit over there and read your book there's and nothing you read yours. it's just the same scene so okay like, oh it doesn't change oh i can just leave I yeah i'm not missing anything but it's just odd in the background okay yeah. well this this week we're gonna try it and i'll, yeah. let, I'll let you know put it on. <laughs> with the ice storm coming yeah put it on. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll bad be weather good. so much for sure <laughs> What is something that you are reading or listening to right now? Um, podcasts as much as I can. Uh-huh. <laughs> three hour long, no, yeah. not three hour long podcasts. <laughs> um, I listened to that one on a car ride. Um, no, I've been reading, I've been trying to get to, um, it's called Women of the Word. Um, it's by Jen Wilkin. And I honestly, I have had this book for about three years and I've finally been opening it. But um, what I like about, Jen Wilkin is so like to the point, she doesn't have a lot of fluff to it it's not like a chicken soup for the soul kind of vibe okay <laughs> at all I'm sure most, a lot of people have read Jen Wilk and stuff yeah but what I really appreciate about um this book it says women of the word and on the cover um it says how to study the bible with both our hearts and our minds minds especially um you know I think a lot of the times um we tend to open the bible for like 
a Band-Aid fix, like, oh, I'm feeling really sad, or like, I don't know what to do about this, so I'm just going to open to whatever and hope I find the answer, rather than um, she challenges us as women and as readers of the Bible and learners of the Word um, to open our Bible with the intent to learn, to just learn who God is and his character. And through that, we'll have a better understanding of him and his character and how that applies to our life or current situation. And so I really recommend it to people because she kind of goes through these typical like um, pitfalls that um, I think that we were raised with kind of, you know, she's in her, you know, 40s or something. And so, you know, if you've been raised in the church, there's kind of like that Sunday school approach to stuff that really has a lot of gaps in it, you know, and not intentionally, but you think you just, as you mature, I think you take that foundation with you. And sometimes it's hard to break out of that first introduction to studying the Bible. And so um, it's just a really great, um, great uh, book to get into. So I read that (laughs) in my spare time. And then I've also been using, um, it's a prayer journal for women. And it's a 52-week scripture devotional and guided prayer journal that Shannon Roberts created. Um, I found it on Amazon. It had a ton of reviews. And honestly, that's the the reason I got it. And it's also really beautiful. But um, what I appreciate about it is that it's split into a bunch of different sections. And so... It has, um, the one I went through first was grace and forgiveness. I think a point in my life when I was really feeling frustrated with Regan, um, and she's just, you know, toddler, she wants to do her own things. And I was having a really hard time just giving her a lot of grace and space. Um, and so I dove into that section first, but there's a section on grace and forgiveness, things like fear, um, provision and faithfulness, God's love, strength through faith. So it has, it's broken up into different sections which I really appreciated um, and so and there's a lot of space within each section that you can write because I'm just like a mental and verbal processor where I just need to flesh out what I've just read mm-hmm. and also like how I'm reflecting on it um, and you know it has sections like Lord teach me this guide me in this this is what I'm grateful for so it just helps me to wrap my head around like what I've just gone through a yeah. little bit more. So if you like to journal, I would definitely say that that's a really good resource to have on hand. So, and you don't feel like you have to do it every day. It's just kind of like every week. Yeah. Once a week, you know, so yeah. I didn't feel a lot of pressure. Okay. <laughs> I didn't that's feel like good. my journal was pressuring me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it can feel that way or like the ones that are like every day of yeah, the year. Yeah. My daily devotion. Like, oh, I, I can't do it. three days in a row. I give up. Failed already. Yes. yes. This is constricting me. It's not dilating exactly. me. Exactly. Like yes. I had to get a journal that was dilating to me. Mm, <laughs> I didn't I, even know it. I yeah. Didn't. This, yeah. Yeah. That was a good analysis of <laughs> there that. There we go. And you even brought them with you and they look very pretty. So yeah. I will, that, I will I aesthetically. That. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, that is pleasing. It's kind of look great to pick up. <laughs> Definitely. Got to be on your coffee table and like I ready know. to go. Yes. I got to look like I have it together with the journal and the books. <laughs> well, they look nice. <laughs> well, how can we as listeners support you, whether yeah. that's through prayer or um, yeah. just different topics that you're interested in that you think people could be more involved in? Um, I would say, <laughs> as moms, we can always pray for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, um, in the current stage, um, I need so much patience. Like, I'm just... A person that wants to get it done I want to check things off my list um, and as a mom just I think a constant thread a constant theme has just been patience that I just I'm seeing the light I just am not a very patient person you're like you work with children you're like you should be <laughs> just oozing with patience it's like it's different when it's not your own child yes. um, but yeah just having patience with Regan and mm. and letting her figure stuff out and um, understanding that uh, independence is not correlated with maturity. And so I have to be patient and allow her brain and just other development to catch up <laughs> and be patient in that and let her do things. So that's my like main like pain point where I really feel like my patience is, is worn thin. It's just letting her figure stuff out, letting her be a kid, you know, yeah. um, and being patient with that and you know if other moms you know listen to this like I love to connect I really like talking with other moms and connecting yeah. with other people you know locally or just wherever mm-hmm. I'm pretty accessible you know I'm a night owl 
<laughs> it's probably not good. But, you know, I'm on Instagram a fair amount and share a lot of what our family does on there and everything. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. And I think patience is something that we can all oh, relate to. So we will be lifting you Jeez. up in prayer and all of the other pray for me. moms in our community. <laughs> I'll pray for you. Pray for me and I'll pray for you. We can do that. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll have your... Um, uh, Instagram handle in the show notes so people can yeah. follow you and connect with you and yeah. just um, share about what they yeah um, and connected with you on the podcast. Yeah. So that'll be great. Yeah, hit me up. Say, man, I that's me exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Thank it you. was a really great pleasure to uh, just talk with you more. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much to Katie for coming on, and she was really patient with me. We actually had to record this episode twice. The first time, the sound quality was just not great, and I thought, you know what? I would rather do this again and have you all be able to enjoy it and have her be able to enjoy listening back to our conversation. So thank you, Katie, for hanging in there with me and just being a wonderful supporter of The Front Porch Life. And if you would like to support The Front Porch Life, there are a few different ways that you can do that. Um, The first way is you can subscribe to the podcast. So if you go to any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on, you can subscribe, which means that the episodes will automatically download onto your phone as soon as they're released. So every Tuesday at 6 a.m., this episode or these episodes will come straight onto your phone. You don't have to remember to look for them. They're just there ready for you. Um, If you also could leave a rating or a review, that is another great way for people that have not yet found the podcast to find it. So any kind of um, sharing of the podcast, maybe sharing an episode that you enjoyed on Instagram or Facebook, just all of those things are a great way for um, others to join our community. Um, Another way that you can support the podcast is by going to our website. So the website is frontporchlife.net. And there you can listen to all of the podcasts. We also have tons of blog posts that you can read that I have written just about different topics, um, some of which we have talked about on the podcast, some of which are just things that are on my heart at the moment. And it's just an easy way to put that out there into the world. So um, great things there. And it's just a fun place for us all to connect and be thinking about hospitality and thinking about sharing our stories and just living intentionally. Finally, you can find more of the Front Porch Life on Facebook and Instagram if you search Front Porch Life podcast. I hope to see you there and we will see you back here next week for a new episode.